Section 6 of Dangerous Connections. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dangerous Connections by Pierre Coderlo de la Clos. Section 6, Letters 26 to 30. Letter the 26th. The Presidente de Tourvel to the Vicomte de Valmont. Assuredly, monsieur, you would never have received any letter from me, did not my foolish conduct of yesterday evening compel me to-day to have an explanation with you. Yes, I wept, I confess it. Perhaps, too, the words which you are so careful to quote to me did escape me. Tears and words, you remarked everything. I must then explain to you everything. Accustomed to inspire only honourable sentiments, to hear only conversation to which I can listen without a blush, and consequently to enjoy a feeling of security which I venture to say I deserve. I know not how either to dissimulate or to combat the impressions I receive. The astonishment and embarrassment into which your conduct threw me—a fear—I know not of what—inspired by a situation which should never have been thrust upon me. Perhaps even the revolting idea of seeing myself confounded with the women whom you despise, and treated as lightly as they are. All these causes in conjunction provoked my tears, and may have made me say, I think with reason, that I was wretched. This expression, which you think so strong, would certainly have been far too weak, if my tears and utterance had another motive if, instead of disapproving sentiments which must need offend me, I could have feared lest I should share them. No, monsieur, I have not that fear. If I had, I would fly a hundred leagues away from you. I would go and weep in a desert at the misfortune of having known you. Perhaps even in spite of the certainty in which I am of not loving you, of never loving you, perhaps I should have done better to follow the counsels of my friends, and forbid you to approach me. I believed, and it is my sole error, I believed that you would respect a virtuous woman, who asked nothing better than to find you so, and to do you justice, who already was defending you, whilst you were outraging her with your criminal avowals. You do not know me. No, monsieur, you do not know me. Otherwise you would not have thought to make a right out of your error because you had made proposals to me which I ought not to hear, you would not have thought yourself authorised to write me a letter which I ought not to read. And you ask me to guide your conduct, to dictate to you your speech. Very well, monsieur. Silence and forgetfulness. Those are the counsels which it becomes me to give you, as it will you to follow them. Then you will indeed have rights to my indulgence. It will only rest with you to obtain even my gratitude. But no, I will not address a request to a man who has not respected me. I will give no mark of confidence to a man who has abused my security. You force me to fear, perhaps to hate you. I did not want to. I wished to see in you naught else than the nephew of my most respected friend. I opposed the voice of friendship to the public voice which accused you. You have destroyed it all, and I foresee you will not want to repair it. I am anxious, monsieur, to make it clear to you that your sentiments offend me, that their avowal is an outrage to me, 
and above all that so far from my coming one day to share them, you would force me to refuse ever again to see you, if you do not impose on yourself, as to this subject, the silence which it seems to me I have the right to expect, and even to demand, from you. I enclose in this letter that which you have written to me, and I beg that you will similarly return me this. I should be sincerely grieved if any trace remained of an incident which ought never to have occurred. I have the honour to be, etc. At the Chateau de Blanc, 21st August, 17 Blanc. Letter the 27th. Cécile Volange to the Marquise de Merteuil. Lord, how good you are, madame! How well you understood that it would be easier to me to write to you than to speak! What I have to tell you, too, is very difficult. And is it not true that you are my friend? Oh, yes, my very dear friend! I am going to try not to be afraid, and then I have so much need of you, of your counsels. I am so very grieved. It seems to me that everybody guesses my thoughts, and especially when he is there. I blush as soon as anyone looks at me. Yesterday, when you saw me crying, it was because I wished to speak to you, and then I do not know what prevented me. And when you asked me what was the matter, my tears flowed in spite of myself. I could not have said a single word. But for you, Mamma would have noticed it. And what would have become of me then? That is how I pass my life, especially since four days ago. It was on that day, madame, yes, I am going to tell you, it was on that day that Monsieur le Chevalier d'Anceny wrote to me. Oh, I assure you that when I found his letter, I did not know at all what it was. But not to tell a falsehood, I cannot tell you that I did not take a great deal of pleasure in reading it. You see, I would sooner have sorrow all my life than that he should not have written it. But I knew well that I ought not to tell him that, and I can even assure you that I told him I was vexed at it. But he said that it was stronger than himself, and I quite believe him, for I had resolved not to answer him, and yet I could not help myself. Oh, I have only written to him once, and even that was partly to tell him not to write to me again. But in spite of that, he goes on writing to me, and, as I do not answer him, I see quite well that he is sad, and that pains me more still, so much that I no longer know what to do, nor what will happen, and I am much to be pitied. Tell me, I beg you, madame, would it be very wrong to reply to him from time to time? only until he has been able to resolve not to write to me any more himself and to stay as we were before for as for me if this continues i do not know what will happen to me see in reading his last letter i cried as though i should never have done and i am very sure that if i do not answer him again it will cause us a great deal of pain i am going to send you his letter as well or rather a copy and you will decide you will quite see there is no harm in what he asks however if you think that it must not be i promise you to restrain myself but i believe that you will think like me and that there is no harm there whilst i am about it madame permit me to ask you one more question they have always told me that it was wrong to love any one but why is that 
What makes me ask you is that Monsieur le Chevalier d'Anceny maintains that it is not wrong at all, and that almost everybody loves. If that is so, I do not see why I should be the only one to refrain from it. Or is it then that it is only wrong for young ladies? For I have heard Mamma herself say that Madame D. was in love with Monsieur M., and she did not speak of it as a thing which was so very wrong. And yet I am sure that she would be angry with me if she were only to suspect my liking for Monsieur Danceny. She treats me always like a child, does Mamma, and she tells me nothing at all. I believed, when she took me from the convent, that it was to marry me. But at present it seems no. It is not that I care about it, I assure you, but you who are so friendly with her know, perhaps, how it stands, and if you know, I hope you will tell me. This is a very long letter, madame, but since you have allowed me to write to you, I have profited by it to tell you all, and I count on your friendship. I have the honour to be, etc., Paris, 23rd of August, 17. Letter the 28th. The Chevalier d'Anceny to Cécile Volange. What, mademoiselle? You still refuse to answer me? Nothing can bend you, and each day bears away with it the hope which it had brought. What then is this friendship which you agree subsists between us? if it be not even powerful enough to render you sensible to my pain, if it leaves you cold and tranquil, whilst I experience the torments of a fire that I cannot extinguish, if, far from inspiring you with confidence, it does not even suffice to induce your pity, what, your friend suffers, and you do nothing to help him? He does but ask you for a word, and you refuse him that and you wish him to content himself with a sentiment so feeble, of which you even fear to reiterate the assurance? You would not be ungrateful, you said yesterday. Ah, believe me, mademoiselle, to be ready to repay love with friendship is not to fear ingratitude, it is to dread only the having the appearance of it. However, I dare not discuss with you a sentiment which can only be burdened to you, if it does not interest you. I must at least confine it within myself until I learn how to conquer it. I feel how painful this task will be. I do not hide from myself that I shall have need of all my strength. I will attempt every means. There is one which will cost my heart most dearly. It is that of repeating to myself often that your own is insensible. I will even try to see you less often, and I am already busy in seeking a plausible excuse. What? I should lose the sweet habit of seeing you every day? Ah, at least I shall never cease to regret it. An eternal sorrow will be the price of the most tender love, and you will have wished it, and it will be your work. Never, I feel it. Shall I recover the happiness I lose today? You alone were made for my heart. With what delight I would take a vow to live only for you. But this vow you will not accept. Your silence teaches me well enough that your heart says nothing to you in my behalf. 
it is at once the surest proof of your indifference and the most cruel fashion of announcing it to me adieu mademoiselle i dare not flatter myself with the hope of reply love would have written to me with impatience friendship with pleasure even pity with complacence but pity friendship and love are equally strangers to your heart paris thirteenth of august in seventeen letter the twenty ninth cecile volange to sophie carnet i told you sophie that there were cases in which one might write and i assure you that i reproach myself greatly with having followed your advice which has brought so much grief to the chevalier danceny and to myself the proof that i was right is that madame de merteuil who is a woman who surely knows thinks as i do i confessed everything to her she talked to me at first as you did but when i had explained all to her she agreed that it was very different she only asks me to show her all my letters and all those of the chevalier danceny in order to make sure that i say nothing but what i should thus at present i am tranquil heavens how i love madame de merteuil she is so good and she is a woman very much respected thus there is nothing more to be said how i am going to write to monsieur danceny and how pleased he will be he will be even more so than he thinks for hitherto i have only spoken of my friendship and he always wanted me to tell him of my love i think it was much the same thing but anyhow i did not dare and he longed for that i told this to madame de merteuil she told me that i was right and that one ought not to confess that one feels love until one can no longer restrain oneself now i am sure that i could not restrain myself any longer after all it is the same thing and it will give him greater pleasure madame de merteuil told me also that she would lend me books which spoke of all that and which would teach me to behave myself properly and to write better than i know now for you see she tells me of all my faults which is a proof how much she likes me she has only recommended me to say nothing to mamma of these books because that would seem to suggest that she has neglected my education and that might vex her oh i shall say nothing about it to her it is very extraordinary however that a woman who is scarcely related to me should take more care of me than my mother it is very lucky for me to have known her she has also asked mamma to bring me the day after to-morrow to the opera in her box she has told me that we shall be quite alone there and we are to talk all the time without fear of being overheard i like that much better than the opera we shall speak also of my marriage for she has told me that it was quite true that i was to be married but we have not been able to say more about it by the way is it not astonishing that mamma has said nothing about it at all adieu my sophie i am going to write to the chevalier danceny oh i am very happy paris twenty fourth of august seventeen letter the thirtieth cecile volange to the chevalier danceny at last monsieur 
I consent to write to you to assure you of my friendship, of my love, since without that you would be unhappy. You say that I have not a good heart. I assure you, indeed, that you are mistaken, and I hope at present you no longer doubt it. If you have been grieved that I have not written to you, do you suppose that that did not grieve me as well? But the fact is that, for nothing in the world would I like to do anything that was wrong, and I would not even have told you of my love if I could have prevented myself. But your sadness gave me too much pain. I hope that at present you will be sad no longer, and that we shall both be very happy. I trust to have the pleasure of seeing you this evening, and that you will come early. It will never be so early as I could wish. Mamma is to sup at home, and I believe she will ask you to stay. I hope you will not be engaged as you were the day before yesterday. Was the supper you went to so very agreeable? For you went to it very early. But come, let us not talk of that. Now that you know I love you, I hope you will remain with me as much as you can, for I am only happy when I am with you, and I should like you to feel the same. I am very sorry that you are still sad at this moment, but it is not my fault. I will ask if I may play on the harp as soon as you arrive, in order that you may get my letter at once. I can do no more. Adieu, monsieur. I love you well, with my whole heart. The more I tell you, the better pleased I am. I hope that you will be so, too. Paris, 24th of August, 17. End of section 6